the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges throws. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley! And what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise! First pitch starts now! What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of South Burb Sitman. I'm Joe Mandel, one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my White Sox brother in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi and our other brother in White Sox land. Steven Sim Zimmerman couldn't be with us tonight. Got other stuff going on, but he'll be back with us next week. So, Zim, we wish you all the best, as always. But, Vinny, how the hell are you, man? Two weeks. Next week is Memorial Day, isn't it? Oh, that's right. We don't have a show next week. <laughs> We'll see Zim in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks without Zim. That kind of sucks for us. But, yeah, I'm good. I'm, you know, hanging out. The Sox have been playing better lately. They lost today, which kind of sucks. But it was a bullpen day because of Mike Clevenger's injury status. But, um, you know, just the weather's getting nicer. The Sox are playing a little bit better, You like, in general. Um, can't really complain. No, we can't complain. I mean... Sure, can we complain about today's game? Three nothing loss. Yeah, the bats didn't show up uh, in typical White Sox fashion after a hot weekend. Yeah, coming in cold on a, on a Monday early game, early evening game. The Clevelanditis weird six o'clock start or whatever it is Eastern time. I think it's six o'clock. But you know what? They look good at home, which is more than we've been able to say for a hot minute, Vin. Are the White Sox back? I know it's hard to answer that question after the performance from today, but they look good against the Royals. They look good against the Guardians the weekend before. Uh, we're trending in the right direction. We're trending in the right direction. I don't think the AL Central is all that good. And I also don't think the White Sox are like back-back because I still think if they played like a majority of their games against good teams as they did in April – They'd be down in the dumps just a little bit. But, you know, I don't think they're as bad as the Royals. I don't think they're as bad as the A's or the Nationals or the Reds. Um, I, they're like a middle-of-the-pack team, in my opinion. Their record doesn't really reflect it yet because I do think the April schedule was just too much for a team of their status to handle. But, um, you know, everything people think about the Chicago Cubs, like a, a middling team, just like a, a medium-sized team, that's kind of what the White Sox are. And I do think their record will reflect it by the end of the year. I'm sure there's another hot spurt coming. I'm sure there's another cold spurt coming. Um, tough loss against the Guardians with a bullpen day. 
But, you know, you go in with Dylan Cease tomorrow. You like your chances whenever he's on the mound. Um, hasn't been quite as dominant as he was last year, but he's still like a an upper-tier level pitcher, even the way he's gone most of this year. So, you know, I just – I'm like – in on this team because I do think there are some fun aspects. Donnie says bring back football already. Uh, the conference finals in hockey, every single game has gone to overtime so far. So watch hockey too. Um, in both series, every game has gone to overtime. The, so night, far. the Knights are really good, man. Yeah, the Knights are real. They're fun to watch too. They're so deep. They are they're like like they they are a true treat in the sports world. But um, as far as baseball goes, Luis Roberts playing at an MVP level. Right, he like he's on pace for like a nine war season, and me and you both wanted him traded a month ago. Um, I wanted him, I wanted him cut. I'm a moron. Twenty three years ago, or twenty three days ago today was the day where he, um, ran slowly to first base. Um, yeah, feels like it. Yeah. So I just love my hat. It's your other son, Joey. Does desserts currently on hiatus joey did desserts um <laughs> now he does the pizza yeah the pizza um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i just think the white Sox they're they got fun stuff um pz points out that accurately that um andrew benintendi and tim anderson have a combined zero home runs that's not good and i, I don't think it's like it's not off it's not terrible that that's the case. It's not the detriment of the White Sox. It's not the reason they've had the season that they've had. But guys need to hit a home run every now and again. Even if Doesn't you end the help. season, yeah. if you end the season with like eight to ten home runs on average, which is what Tim Anderson and Andrew Benintendi typically do, you still should have like two or three by now. And it helps the confidence just <laughs> blast one out of the park every you, now and then. Or, or you could say that hey, or you could look at it this way. It's like hey, Tim Anderson and Andrew Benintendi have the same amount of home runs as Jose Abreu. Yes. And you know what's funny? If Jose Abreu stayed, they probably would be one, two, three in the lineup. And that's zero home runs. Zero home runs between the three of them. So obviously, it's probably a good thing that that's not the case. But I do think TA and Benintendi will break out of it probably soon. Um, Tim Anderson has been a tad bit more of a home run hitter in his career than Benny Buttcheeks. But. Um, you know, I think Tim Anderson is like he's not far behind Ray Durham for the most game, most home runs to lead off a baseball game in White Sox history. So, yeah. you know, hopefully he gets back to the power surge just a tad. He obviously he hit the biggest home run of the entire rebuild, the walk off home run at the Field of Dreams. Um, I have it framed on my wall. Yes, we all will never forget that moment. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I really can't explain why the power surge went away from those two, but one and two in the lineup, you'd like to have a home run every now and again. That's right. And you got the bobble hands on this. Mm -hmm. Does the head not move? No, the head does. The head moves too, but I just, the bobble hands was something I didn't realize until I got it. That's funny. That is funny. That would have been real extra funny if they like truly committed to the bobble hands and like didn't even make the head bobble. Joe, I have a secret. I got one of those. I didn't go yeah. to the game, but I got I, I don't it's not in my possession yet, but I'll shout out my friend Taryn. She got me one, so I have there that coming my way. Shout out to Taryn. I didn't go to that game either. And shout out to Gabe for hooking me oh, up. Oh, Gabe. Wait, listen to this. Hang on. That's outstanding. Gotta love it. It's fantastic. 
That is outstanding. Hi, mom. And there's like four different ways he says it. Yeah, I know. That's hilarious. I love it. Eloy Jimenez is such a treat. Literally, hi from mom. Imagine that. PZ is getting a kick out of my Bowhead collection. I always got one to grab off of the shelf, you know? There's yeah, I don't have any. There. The only one I have in this room right now, I have a Devils one that I got from the game I went through back in December, but it's not in arm's reach, so I'm not even going to bother. There you go. But it's a cool are one. You, it's a cool one. Are you going to Dylan Cease Bobblehead night in August? Yes, actually. You're going to? Yes. So am I. Yes. I'm going with my wife. Oh, perfect. August, what, 20... 26 or something, maybe? Something like 23rd. that. I will. Hell yeah, you're going to be there? Yep. That's outstanding. That's the uh, only you know other game funny? I'm going to. I'm I'm not going because of the bobblehead. It's a family friend's tailgate that I went to last year, and it just happens to be Dylan C's bobblehead. Oh, wait, now. that's that tailgate you guys got hammered at last year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. forget these things, Vin. I know. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. There was a giveaway for that game too, but I cannot, for the life of me, remember what it was. Wasn't it Hawaiian shirt? Maybe no. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. It was something. It was something cool. But yeah, I can't wait. You know, the White Sox they always they always you know hit home runs on the the giveaways. I kind of wish they'd spend a little bit more of that money that they spend on bobbleheads on a a sick player. But you know. well, let's be honest, the sponsors are. <laughs> Sponsors, yeah. like, yeah. thanks, Win Trust. Yeah, Win Trust is giving you the high mommy loy bobblehead. Coca Cola is paying for this bobblehead. I think Coca Cola um, is the Dylan Cease one. I'm pretty sure. Oh, perfect, perfect. That's what I like to hear. Um, last year they had my favorite bobblehead of all time. I have that. Which one? In Elgin, it was the one. It was a gimmick, or it was a remake of the play from the 2020 shortened season. When Eloy and yo, you got it there. Of course you do. When Eloy and Robert almost ran into each other and Robert was pissed. Yep. Or Eloy was pissed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. NBC Sports Chicago paid for that one. That's right. It's great stuff. Great stuff. I like the White Sox bobbleheads. If there's no other reason to cheer the team on than to get a bobblehead, like what else? I'm looking like there's, there is one here that I have that's not sponsored. We're just going to go off the rails, why not, before we get into it. Yeah, of course. But the Lance Lynn is just White Sox. Hell yeah. Lance. I love Lance. I wanted to win with him so bad. I think I've said it on every show since the since it was apparent they were a stinky team. Yeah. I wanted the White Sox to win with Lance. There are two players that I like just because of the human beings that they are. I wanted them to win with so bad. Lance Lynn, of course, and uh, Liam Hendricks. Man, I wanted to win with those guys so bad. Yeah, no doubt. And that's a great segue because this guy's coming back soon, Vinny. Let's go. Pedro said go. his return is – was the word imminent, imminent. used? I forget yep. imminent, right? Yeah. So I'm ready. I'm ready to see the South slide back regardless of the situation. He's the best story in sports. The dude is a machine – He's just not human. And props to him, man, for everything he's been through, regardless of how he performs on the field. Props to Liam. Can't wait to see him on the mound. And the bullpen got a big shot in the arm this week too, Vin, with the return of Garrett Crochet. Um, Gave up a run today, but I'd say he's looked better than advertised, at least for me. 
Yeah, I didn't expect Garrett Crochet to give up zero runs in his first couple appearances. That's obviously, you know, a long road back in the Cleveland lineup has some, you know, some good players in it. So runs are going to be scored, obviously, especially when you're kind of pitching from, you know, a no offense type of game. You know, those things are going to happen. But I love that Garrett Crochet has been in the upper 90s. We really haven't seen that. We really haven't seen him like 98 or higher since 2020 when they kind of brought him in on a whim. Remember the short 2020 season? There were no minor leagues. Yeah. And like they he would have brought even, him up. Yeah. He his didn't options, play in the minors at all. Yeah. His options were either the taxi squad at the Schomburg Boomer Stadium or like play with the White Sox. And they freaking brought him up to the White Sox. He made like one start with Tennessee that year because COVID canceled the NCAA baseball season. Yeah. And then, you know, he comes to the White Sox and he's throwing gas and he's actually like an effective reliever. And, you know, here we are all these years later, Tommy John, arms fixed. Um, he probably should have got the Tommy John after that COVID short season because you might remember he left the playoff game against Liam Hendricks' A's with I remember. Um, elbow tightness. And it's like, well, there goes Garrett Crochet for a year. And then he, he didn't go away. He pitched in all of 2021 and he was good. But I, you know, I still think there's another level that Garrett Crochet can get to. And now that his little issues fixed in his elbow, hopefully he's uh, here to stay for a while. I hope so. And and it's just so funny that his first start, his first start in AAA was after he's been in the majors. <laughs> it just like blows my mind. Yeah, isn't that crazy? At least he got to wear the cool version of the Charlotte Knights gear. Not that I hated their old stuff. No, but, but their like, new their new outfits are their new uniforms are sick. Yeah, like the, I I just love like the North Carolina colors, same colors as the Panthers and North Carolina and Duke, and you know all the other teams that play in that local area. So, I'm I'm happy for Garrett. He's back. That leg kick, the the naughty fella, as we call him on Twitter. Um, he could throw gas, and I think that's obviously something that's going to. Um, always be in his arsenal. I'll look at that gear for the Charlotte Knights. Those listening on the Apple version, Google yourself the Charlotte Knights um, gear. Really, really cool with the new colors. Um, but as far as crochet, it you know when you throw that hard, you can work your junk off of it. And he always had like the makeup of a guy who could throw really hard because he's got the big long legs. He has the leg kick, which you know that's just part of his delivery that's not the reason he throws hard but you know you could see why he's able to throw so hard when he does the leg kick because he's got such like long legs and such a long arm and a thin you know build super strong kid so i'm happy for garrett crochet i'm glad he's healthy and the tommy john it's a different surgery than it was even five years ago it's different especially different than it was 10 15 years ago um i remember when strasburg got it steven strasburg washington nationals People were, like, worried that he was done or, like, never going to be the same again. And he was kind of, like, the first example of a guy coming back and being, at least of the modern era, one of the first examples of, like, a guy going through Tommy John and then coming back equally as strong as he was before, if not better. So, Garrett Crochet seems to be on that path. And it can be done, and I think it's a lot to look forward to with Garrett. I think we're – I have high hopes – I know we all do. And plus, we just hope good things for Garrett Crochet. I mean, you know, it's exciting stuff. But there's there's another guy that we have high hopes for that is a friend of the program and just absolutely raking it up 
at the major league level right now. Finn, it's friend of the show, Jake Berger. I mean, this guy just continues to get it done. I'm honestly stunned that he didn't make the major league roster out of spring training. It just feels like negligence. It feels like stupidity. It feels like bad evaluation all around because every time he's there, he seems to make an impact and not really much from him the last two games. But, you know, nobody gets a hit every single game. Nobody hits a home run every single game. Nobody hits a home run every single week. So, you know, Jake Berger has just been absolutely unbelievably nasty all season long. And if you leave something over the middle of the plate and he recognizes the speed of it out of the pitcher's hand, he's hitting it to Pluto. Um, he, but what makes him dangerous, I think, is like this video we just showed. There could be something low and away, and he has the ability to go out and get it and drive it opposite field, especially if there's runners on base and he maybe has two strikes or something like that. His just ability to make an impact with the bat is unlike Really, not unlike anyone on the team, but a upper echelon of any player on the team. I mean, who's up there in terms of ability with Jake Berger? Yohan Moncada, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, um, Gavin Sheets against right-handed pitching. But but sheer um, slugging and power? I mean, yeah, you got Robert. Gavin Sheets on the team and Robert. That's it. Yeah, as sometimes Eloy when he's healthy. Eloy when he's healthy, correct. Yes. But, I mean... Just I completely agree with you. He just has such an ability to, you know, use the bat to his advantage. And, you know, maybe the the eye pitch, maybe that's helping him, uh, you know, go through cadences a little bit better and adjust to major league pitching, which is Mm -hmm. obviously important. But I like what I've seen from Jake so far this season. Yeah, me too, man. And, and, And little side note, my wife and I went to the game on Friday. And we got to meet Ashlyn and Brooks. Yay! Uh, Brooks, of course, is their their son, who's adorable, six month old. Uh, if you've seen the pictures on Instagram or so for Twitter, uh, he's a million times more adorable in person. That says a lot. <laughs> um, they were so nice, and uh, we can't help but I really appreciate the relationship we have with them. You know, looking forward to uh, having Nate. And by the way, spoiler alert for our listeners, she said that they want to come back on again. So we're hoping around the All Star break. Well, that's if he's not on the All Star team by then, with the way he's performing right now. Uh, he's third on the team in RBI, and he hasn't been with the team the whole year. So, well, I'm, I would which, say, which, go ahead. Going, I was just going to say, I'm just, I'm, I can't believe who leads the team in RBI right now. But that's a whole other conversation. Is who lead the team you know in RBI? And Andy Vaughn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Andrew surprised Vaughn, by that. Uh, it's surprising, but also like he's in the middle of the lineup. Like he's got probably got the most opportunity. You know, it is it is surprising though because he's really he's kind of not underperform. He's under. I'll say he's underperformed to what I thought he would be by year three. Absolutely. So. So you know that is a little of our bit. Buddy- yeah, no, go with your thought, though. I think Jake has the second best chance of being an all-star out of anybody on the team. So if they take two White Sox position players, um, I could see, you know, Jake being one of the two. I think Luis Robert Jr. probably deserves to start. Um, he'd That's have to the win home a run vote derby over... during our show, right? It's on a Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll 
readjust that so we could watch the home run derby. But you know, maybe, maybe Jake will be earlier. in the derby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He um, should be. Luis Robert Jr. would have to win a vote over Trout to be the center fielder on the starting lineup, which I don't know if that's possible or likely. But, you know, I do think he'll make the team. And then it comes down to if any other White Sox players make it, Jake Berger definitely should. His name should be in the hat for sure. For sure. And Jake Jake Berger, about 85 less at bats than Andrew Vaughn, but he has five more home runs. Yeah. Jake Berger. Jake Berger. For 25, 30 home runs. I think he's on pace for 33 home runs. I saw that tweet somewhere the other day. That's outstanding. I would love to see him keep it up. I've always kind of like, even he's a friend of the program, and I love Jake and I love Ashlyn. They're great. You did always kind of wonder, though, like, is this going to taper off a little bit? Like, is he going to stop hitting, you know, two, three home runs a a week? And it just really hasn't so far. Even last year and the year before, he's just been a model of consistency. And now I'm fully in on him hitting 30 home runs. Like, there's no reason he can't. Um, Luis Robert Jr. already tied a career high in home runs and it's may 22nd mm-hmm. um he'll break andy vaughn led the team last year with 17 we could have a 17 home run hitter by mid-june so you know just a tad bit different in terms of the power this year i Hopefully love to see it that leads, leads to some more wins though i love to see it too i mean i i sure hope it leads to some more wins that's that's for sure um us white Sox fans could definitely use it and regardless of performance uh, even if we can get some wins and some excitement, it's a win across the board. And I want to give another quick shout out to Ashlyn and Jake. Uh, there's a local fundraiser in the area that I'm in. It's um, Berrien County, Michigan. And there's a Berrien County Youth Fair that we raise money uh, for the fair for a, with a silent auction here early in June. And they were kind enough to send an autographed baseball, which I put up inside this little case with a, with a card that's going to go into the silent auction. Um, so props to Jake and Ashton for getting that out to us. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, hopefully someone bids on it. It's I'm donating the item, but I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have a bid on it myself. And <laughs> outstanding. I mean, if you get a bid on it and the money goes to a great cause, Hey, that's sick. That's really cool. I'm you know happy that Ashton was able to help you out with that. I mean, it just goes to show the kind of people they are that they reach out and, you know, do these kinds of things. So uh, as great of a baseball player Jake is, he's an even better person, and so is his family. Absolutely, man. No doubt about it. So keep on raking, Jake. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. But uh, how about our buddy, the manager, Vin? Is he, you know, much better week. And I guess we can dive a little deeper into it in this week's Pedro's Pen. So, Van, what do you think about Pedro this week? Um, I'm still indifferent on Pedro. First-year manager in baseball, not even just with the White Sox. Um, You know, nothing terrible. The bullpen management has been better. I do think the bullpen manager management being a tad bit better does, you know, kind of coincide with Ruiz and Diekman not being there anymore. Getting Garrett Crochet back. You know, Middleton has played well. Um, Santos has played well. Um, you know, Bummer has been mostly brutal this season, but even in his last couple games, you know, hasn't been too damaging. I've enjoyed Joe Kelly's performance for most of this season so far. 
So, you know, every every manager will look good with their bullpen if the guys live up to, you know, what they need to do. So, you know, I do think it's kind of a double-edged sword with, you know, Rick Hahn's bullpen being terrible and Pedro Grafal not putting them in the best position to win. But it's been a little bit of a flipped script, flipped, flipped, a little bit of a flipped script in the last couple days, (laughs) flippity flip. Um, so that's where I stand on Pedro. The starting lineups have been a little better. I hated seven, eight, nine, a couple of these games. Um, I don't really get, I thought their lineup on Sunday was a disgrace and I know they won the game and completed the sweep, but no thanks to the lineup that Pedro Grafal put out. Um, like, I don't know what this Sunday lineup crap is still doing in our organization because like, no, you give a, give a rest lineup when like you think you need a rest lineup. You needed to sweep the Royals. Like yeah. you're lucky you did. Otherwise there would have been a piece from me and many others, you know, criticizing them for putting out a Sunday lineup when they had a chance to sweep one of the worst teams in MLB history. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I think that was a little bit of luck that they won the game. Obviously big home run from Luis Robert clutch performance from Romy Gonzalez to yeah, three for three. The lead there. Yeah. Good game for him. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think Pedro, he's got his work cut out for him for the rest of this season. Um, I, I told you last week, and I still stand by it, even though they've played better. I don't live and die with every win or loss. I'm not mad that they lost today. I'm not overly excited that they swept the Royals. I'm happy. I like yeah. making put on your socks videos better when more than when they win. But like, Agreed. you know, you know, it's more fun to come on here and talk about positive vibes. But at 19 and 30, I can't, I can't sit here and get overly excited about anything. I just need to see more. Um, I can address. You got to go on a, a solid eight inning, eight game winning streak. Then I'll feel better. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know the 2019 Washington Nationals were 19 and 29 too. Okay, well they won game 40 too, and the White Sox lost it. So, or no, not 40. What's today? 19 and th- game 39. Um, so you know we'll see what happens. I do take. Um, happiness. The White Sox have caught the Cubs. They have one less win than the Cubs now. So let's get ahead of them, and then we'll start. You know, maybe thinking of some other things as we move along. But um, PZ says, do you think Pedro could switch up the batting order and try and generate more offense? Let some hitters see different pitches. Um, I get a lot of people are like upset that Jake Berger bats low in the lineup almost every eighth. Time. Yeah, eighth. I was pissed. I tweeted out something about that, yeah. I have one major pro on him batting eighth, and I have one major con with him hitting eighth. Obviously, the con is he gets one less at bat a game, typically. The way math works, if every if every team gets anywhere from five to eight hits a game or less, your six, seven, eight, and nine hitters are going to get fewer at bats than the one through five guys. There's a reason your one through five guys are known as your best hitters all the time. And that's because they get one extra at bat against, you know, the later stages of a team's bullpen, especially in the third game of a series. But then the pro is that Jake Berger has been absolutely raking in these low end slots of a starting lineup. 
and you wonder if he's maybe just I don't know about disrespected or if he's just he's getting better stuff to hit in the lower end of the lineup. So I, I don't know if he's batting third and he's got Benny Buttcheeks and Tim Anderson on base. Is he hitting home runs as frequently as he does lower in the lineup? I think he can personally, and I would love to see him get the shot. But, you know, there are definitely pros and cons to both sides. That's my assumption what Griffal would tell you if you asked him that question. Yeah, and I was just going to say I was annoyed with Jake batting low, but that's a good point. You know, he's and maybe Pedro's letting him get comfortable, and then he's going to move him back up, which he did. So I have to, I have to sneeze. So take it away, Vin. Bless, bless you while Joe sneezes. Achoo. Um, you know, but the lineups in general – um, do you want him to lower Tim Anderson? Do you want him to lower Benny? But they should lower Tim Anderson. Yeah, let him I, get back. I think it's a hot take, seat. but lower him. Let him get comfortable and bring him back up. Yeah, and that's another thing that I think you know people forget about. If you switch it up a little bit, that doesn't mean you can't go back. If Tim Anderson gets healthy and he's clearly mashing, and it's like he's the Tim Anderson of old again, you can put him right back up at the top. Luis Robert was put down while he was stinking. Now that he's back to looking like MVP Robert, like he did in 2021 and 2020, he's right back in the slot he deserves to be in, and he hasn't missed a beat. So I would love to see Tim Anderson bat eighth or ninth and, you know, let him get back to uh, what we know he can do. Um, If you're the ninth hitter, you're also the second leadoff hitter. So, like, you know, you know, I've I've been told that before that managers look at it that way. And, you know, if you're batting second leadoff, it's still similar. Like you're still in a spot where like, okay, Tim Anderson's on base. Now the leadoff guy's coming up to bat with Anderson on base. Can they do a hit and run? Can you know maybe there's a little bit of power there? I would love to see Ben and Anderson hit eighth and ninth. Hey, bat Luis Roberts second. Um put who, who would bat first then? I mean, there are a couple options. You could put Romy Gonzalez first. You can put Elvis Andrews first, even though they've both kind of been eh when they're I'll healthy. A, Go ahead. I'll give you a hot, I'll give you a hot take. You're going to say Berg? The Bergman? No, I'm not. Andy? And people are going to hate on me for this. No, fucking Yoan Mankata. Oh, I don't hate that. Lead, lead off with Mankata. I don't hate that one bit. That's a good I know idea. that takes away some RBI potential, but he gets on base. He's getting on base. He's smart. He's bet okay. Correction. Fast. He's been smarter on on the pads, and he's fast. Yeah, I don't think that's a dumb take at all. He's not like a power guy. Um, I don't know. Yoan Moncada is the most interesting baseball player I've ever laid my eyes on. I still stand by that. I will. I honestly could see a whole lifetime going it's by. Polarizing. Without, yeah. I honestly think I could see a whole lifetime pass me by and not um, come across a player that makes me think the things that Yoan Mankata makes me think. Because when I watch him, if you forget everything you know, remember when there was the lockout and they put those blank faces next to everybody's name on the website? If you attach that guy, to that blank face to, or to Yoan Mankata, you like, you would think he's Mike Trout or Otani out there. You just would, based on the tools, the physical tools that he has. Yeah. He's a specimen. And he doesn't look all that big on TV. You go to Guaranteed Ray Field, you walk close to the dugout, you see how yeah, big Yoan Mankata actually is. I saw it on Friday, dude. Yeah. And 
then you look at the numbers and you're like, what is this? There are games where he goes three for three and he's like the most impactful looking star you've ever seen. But when he's like has that 0 for 4, it's like a golden sombrero every time. And every third strike, or, he either watches go right down the, you know what, and, you know, strike three, you're out, or he swings with the most lazy-looking swing of all time. Or or Vinny tries to stretch a, a double into a triple and gets thrown out at third base. Yeah, like three, yeah. Three times a year. Yeah. Yeah. And but But, Joe, what happens when he hits the triple? When he does, when he actually succeeds with the triple? He beats it by 10 feet. You know, he's one of the few people I've ever seen. And Jake Berger was just added to this list. Not the guy I ever thought would make this list of people who hit a triple at guaranteed rate field. He was, he was, his wheels were burning, man. Berger? Yeah. Yeah. To hit a triple, I I think that's, it's got to be a top three park, hardest park to hit a triple. Just because the dimensions are even all around. There's no alley at guaranteed rate field. It's just all it's like the most gen- people from out of town call it a generic ballpark. That's because it is, you know, it's got great food and the it's visually pretty. In my opinion, I enjoy the sights of guaranteed Rayfield, but it is a generic MLB, the show create a field. It's three ten four hundred three ten. Like it is just, it's not Wrigley where like there's different dimensions in left field and right field or like San Francisco where they have the alley or the short porch in New York, you know, but left field is long as hell in or New York. Made. Yeah, Minute Maid, Detroit, you know, huge. Guaranteed right field is where triples go to die. And freaking Mankata, there are times where he does it like nothing. And then, like you said, there are times when he tries to extend a double into a triple, that's just dumb boneheaded. Dumb base running, yeah. Yeah, it's not for a lack Mm -hmm. of ability by any means. So I agree with PZ. Mankata is an enigma. He is. And... (laughs) You know, there are some enigmas on this team, performance-based enigmas. Uh, You can go on the positive end and you can go on the negative side. And when we're talking negative, we're talking about the Adam Dud of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Ozzy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yeah. So there were some interesting performances this week on the negative side and the positive. Curious if I, I, the same guy continues to pop up on my list week after week. Zim or Zim. I called you Zim, man. You know, he's not even here and I'm calling after him. Yeah. <clears throat> but Tim Anderson just is not getting it done for me, man. He, he, what is see what he did? He went five for 23, batted two seventeen. Four strikeouts, only five total bases, one RBI, zero. I'm sorry, one run scored. I mean, Tim Anderson, that's not Tim Anderson numbers. No, not at all. And I think it's like we talked about with the last segment. Um, I just, I think you switch him up in the lineup because we know Tim Anderson's an impact player. Um, I think he's better defensively than people give him credit for. You can't use errors as a stat for shortstop. I'm sorry. Errors errors is like batting average. It's just an outdated statistic that doesn't tell the whole story. And I know people don't want to hear that, and they're going to get all pissed at me for saying it. But if you're a shortstop and you have good range, you're going to be credited with errors on plays you probably should have never even touched the baseball on in the first place. 
Um, so, you know, errors are just a, like Javier Baez is an elite defensive shortstop. He always leads his team in errors every year just because he has such great range that, you know, every now and then he's going to approach a ball that nobody else would ever even come close to getting. And then he'll throw yeah. it away and then they'll charge him in air. Like, that's just it's a dumb stat. So, you know, I don't think T.A. is 100 percent. Um, it's hard for me to think he is. Yeah, he's um, not. But, you know, he wants to play, which credit to him. He missed all of the end of last year. Um, but he's definitely deserving of the dud. So I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, he's not 100%. I, I, I'd i say he's barely over 50. He looks like he's maybe swinging 60 65% right now. And I don't know what's bugging him. They haven't really alluded to it. I don't know if it's still – if it's his knee, if it's his shoulder. Something's off with his batting, and maybe it's his shoulder. But nonetheless – dud for me but who's a dud for you yeah and another note ta was playing really well before his injury so i do think the alberto thing where he hurt himself with anderson is just definitely caused some issues but my dud of the week is reynaldo lopez just not good stuff and you know there are moments where he's like really good and last year i thought he was excellent as like a long reliever kind of took over that copec you know, multi-inning bullpen guy. But, you know, credited with a loss against Kansas City last week. Like, just not, you know, not in the season series they swept, the you know, the one before that where they lost three or four. Um, I need more from Reynaldo Lopez, and I think it's fair to criticize him in the way he's pitched this season. There are people calling for him to not even be on the roster right now. And, you know, when I was ripping off all the people in the bullpen that were playing well, he was a notable omission for them from that conversation. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him, but he certainly hasn't pitched all that well, in my opinion. Yeah. I just pulled up the stats and I guess there was no one that was really awful the last week pitching wise. How many runs do you think this team has given up in the last seven days? In the last seven days? Yeah. So yeah, I was struggling too. when I had to look up somebody who just kind of was a dud. No one. I mean, they won a bunch of games. So pitching wise, you know, thinking back to the games they lost, the game they lost to the Guardians, Cease started, and he didn't look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually looked good. They just couldn't score in that game, so Cease wasn't an issue. Giolito gave up three to the Astros in the first inning and then didn't relinquish another run the rest of the game, so he was good. I'm going to say in the last seven days, they've probably given up like tw- anywhere from 12 to 15 runs, which wouldn't be all that bad at all. Uh, the, over the last seven days, the White Sox have given up nine earned runs. Wow, even less than I thought, because 12 or 15 would be like a good number. That's just about two a game, so they're less than that. The team ERA over the last seven days is 1.50. Yeah, that's a Cy Young winner if it was like one person. So that's impressive, very impressive. 100%. And, and I just, wow. <laughs> But if you have to go to the duds, it's like, <clears throat> sure, you got the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, if you had to be picky, you go Ronaldo. You know, Sebi's still not getting it done behind the plate for me. You know, on a solid, what do you do? Uh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, the full season stats. Give me one second. I looked at I mean, those aren't great either. No. Uh, Sebi went two for 10. Yeah. Not all that great not impactful enough for me. And then you got, you know, Adam Hazley, who only got 
four at bats again. He's over four. I'm waiting. You know what though? Down. Yeah, Adam Hazley doesn't deserve to be on the team, but they won a game because of him. One of their 19 wins is specifically because of Adam Hazley. That's right. So, and then Clint Frazier got called up for some reason. <laughs> Do you know he's? I'm pretty sure. I don't know this to be true, like for a fact. But I'm pretty sure Clint Frazier is the player from the Yankees that caused Michael Kopech and Brielle to break up. No. I'm almost positive. I'm like 99% sure. When I saw that they called up Clint Frazier, I was like, and then the day before Michael Kopech went eight strong and only gave up one hit, I was like, is he just pissed off? It was an amazing game, Clint by Fra- the way. Frazier's coming. Like, he's going to be mentioned by next segment. I should, probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but like, um, I just, I was like stunned that they called up Clint Frazier. I was like, okay, well maybe they like bygones be by, I don't know. Maybe there's more to the story. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive. It was Clint Frazier that did that. He like hopped in Brielle's DMS or something like that. I, I don't remember the uh, whole story. My God, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> the White Sox, man, Chicago White Sox. Well, you can, you can certainly, we don't have to make up players that had good performances and this week's put it on the board player of the week there's quite a few to to, to pick from i'm gonna make it easy on myself and and go with my pick to click winner i'm gonna ride the jake burger train he had a solid week man he went nine for 22 batting 409 Two runs scored, seven RBI, two homers, including one triple, just absolutely ripping it around the base paths. So uh, Jake Berger just lighting up. And we talked about it on the show last week. He hits great at home. So uh, he did not disappoint for me this week, Finn. No, absolutely not. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I mean, there's nothing else to say. We talk about Jake Berger every week at like length. Um, yeah, he's our favorite player. He's a friend of the program. He's, you know, a highly thought of acquaintance. Um, but he also just mashes baseballs and, you know, I've had no problem when Jake Berger was struggling to play defense last year. We had no problem saying it. Well, when we compliment him too, it has to be taken seriously because we talk about what's true and what's true is Jake has been magnificent and he's been good defensively. I thought he's just, an all-around really damn good baseball player. And the OPS being in, like, the MVP, you know, type stuff. He hasn't played enough games yet for people to really be taking that note seriously. But, like, he'll he'll get some recognition this year if he continues to hit the way he has from the time he got called up to right now. Dude rakes, and he's getting the opportunity, and I just I love to see it. So Let me ask you something. Yeah. Mankata back to second, Berger at third full-time, yay or nay? Yay. Why not, right? Because you get both 19 and 30. What do you got to lose? You get Jake playing the field, who I will say has been much improved on on the base, you know, in the field. He talked about it on the show with us. I say yay. Then you let Elvis come in, you know, can spell it second. DFAM. DFAM. Sorry. (laughs) Trade him. Um, Or. Sick him in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel here you go, Elvis. 
I wrote about this. I, Elvis wouldn't be on the roster to start June if it were up to me. Um, just because, like, listen, I loved the Elvis signing when it first happened. I was thrilled. Be- but the fact that it thrilled me and all of White Sox fans tells you exactly everything that's the problem with the organization. Like, they could have had so many better options, but were forced to be thrilled about 36-year-old Elvis Andrews signing, you know, in March, like there's a there's a reason we got to March with or maybe it was February, like late February. Um, the World Baseball Classic was certainly going on when yeah. Elvis Andrews signed. And I'm like, really? Like, we're no. super thrilled about this. There's a reason the other 29 teams didn't want anything to do with them leading up to the World Baseball Classic. And here's the White Sox. We got our second baseman. You know what his batting average is right now, Vin? Um, I could probably bench more. Probably. What is it? <laughs> it's 200. Uh, yeah, I could bench 200. One rep. <laughs> I could Come do on, one man, rep. You can get two. You can get yeah, two. Yeah, no, I, I probably could. I probably could do five. Shit, I, I, I know how to push myself to the max. I could do a set of 200, 100%. The bar is, what, 40? The bar is forty, yeah, and then I put the I put 40. I put two plates, which are forty on each side. Or is a plate forty? I think so. That would be well, one, whatever. Depends and then what kind of plate you put on. the The big guy, the biggest plate at the gym. Uh, that's what I always just referred to as the plate. I'm pretty sure those are forty or fifty. And the bar is what? What did I say the bar was? The is bar the bar eighty? Oh, it's forty. I said that. I don't remember. I could do that for sure. A plate and a half. Sign me up. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to bench next time I'm there. I'm benching 200, and I'm going to record it and say, see, I could bench Elvis Andrews' batting average. This is not the Mendoza line. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you might as well develop Lennon Sosa. You're not getting them enough at bats, bringing them up and down and up and down. Just let them ride it out. Lennon Sosa, as of right now, is the ultimate quadruple A player. Um, Because when he goes to the Charlotte Knights, he, like, destroys the ball. So, like, that does tell me, though. Does that not tell you, though, that eventually it'll click at this level? Right? It's going to click. It's going to click. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm out on Lenin Sosa yet, though. I'd rather watch him or Romy play second than Andrews, though. I do mean that because they're 19 and 30. Elvis Andrews isn't the answer. And when you're 19 and 30, you can let guys who have a higher ceiling see what you have in them. And that's how let me, yeah. So, so let me change the subject with something for a second that just came to my mind and I got to get your thoughts on it. What are guys like Adam Hazley and Clint Frazier doing up, but then a guy like Oscar Colas is still sitting in the minors. What does that tell you? That. Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, and Jerry Reinsdorf have no absolute clue what they're doing anymore, if they ever did. At least Colas has got a rocket of an arm in the outfield, and when he does hit, he can rake. These other guys, I, don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand what – maybe there's something we don't know going on with Colas, but, I mean, he's playing in AAA. I, I haven't seen anything otherwise, right? No, he's playing in AAA. He, there's a highlight from him, I feel like, every day. So, you know, this isn't a your mean Mercedes situation. 
where like he was the 29th prospect, had a good spring, had a good start, and then started to suck. This is Oscar Colas. He was the number two international free agent signing in his class, and he was the number one prospect, top 100 guy of an organization. And, you know, now you're messing with him. Now you're messing with him. And PZ points it out flawlessly. The development is non-existent. Um, who have they truly developed into a superstar? Because Dylan Cease, I, I think, like, Dylan Cease would have been sick on the Cubs. I know the Cubs can't develop pitching, but I think Dylan Cease is a different animal. Dylan Cease is just wildly talented, and his stuff was always going to trump any issues that he had. I can't and, think of anybody except for Chris Sale. And, okay, Luis Robert, They, I don't think they needed – I think Luis Robert, he, it's his pure ability. But Tim have they Anderson, developed him at all? He, he still swings at everything in the dirt. They haven't developed him. Yeah, because – yeah, you're right. Luis Robert has another gear he could get to, likely. Because if he stopped doing that, maybe he'd have 20 home runs by now. Like, you know – so I do agree with you. Chris Sale is a really good example, but again, first round pick. But Chris Sale was wildly skinny, and you know he was a reliever, so they did need to develop him into a starter. That's a good call. That's I would Don say Cooper, though. Yeah, they developed Tim Anderson. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Tim yeah. Anderson was a string bean kid out of college that liked basketball more, and now he's a superstar shortstop, like All Star Game three years, uh, All Star Game starter. Don't let how his start to the season impact your feelings on him, people. Tim Anderson is an elite player. Mancada's development wasn't what we thought. Eloy's uh, development was hasn't been what we thought, and this is all like to be determined. Still, there's still more that could come. But you could argue Jake Berger. And you know what, Jake Berger to me deserves the most credit for his development because he was he was down bad with the two injuries back to back two Achilles tears man in in different legs yeah like you know he could have just said you know what I made enough money from being drafted I'll go work for you know the SEC network covering baseball you know like he could have taken that um I see. I don't think they. I don't know if PZ's talking about Vaughn in a positive light. I don't think they've done a good job developing Andrew Vaughn. I think if Andrew Vaughn was drafted by the Dodgers, he would be a staple. They would have never needed to sign Freddie Freeman. I do believe that. I do. Andrew Vaughn has all the tools, and you know, just not not what we thought so far. I still can't believe he leads the team in RBI. Thirty-one. Well, I mean, Joe, they're nineteen and thirty. Like, there's a reason they're nineteen and thirty because Andrew. But I thought Luis Robert would lead the team in RBI, but he doesn't. Really good May, brutal April. True. And Andrew and Jake Berger has uh, almost eighty-five less at bats, but he's only trailing them in RBI um, by. Seven, eight, nine. He'll get up there. He'll get up there for sure. Andrew Vaughn no, will hit home runs because he's super powerful and super talented. So when he runs into one, it goes to Pluto. Um, I just but, realized this is the put on the board segment. We totally got off the rails. Yeah, I don't even know who I you put my, it on the board. No, you didn't. I didn't, I I didn't give it yet. Michael Kopech is my put it on the board player of the week. That is the best pitching performance of any starter up to this point this season. Um, he almost, I mean, he was flirting with a no hitter and then he finally it gave was a, up. No, hit. no, not perfect game. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a perfect game. And, you know, he gives up the hit. Okay, that's the one hit he gave up. He still ended up going eight innings. I would have let him finish the ninth because, like, why not? But Joe Kelly came in and shut the door and they got the win. But Michael Kopech. No, Kendall Graveman. You're right. It was Kendall Graveman, Um, which we didn't mention him when talking about the bullpen at all either. Yeah, Yeah, he locked locked it down. Yeah, very hit or miss with Graveman in a White Sox uniform. He's either – He's either Chris Sale in his prime or Reynaldo Lopez Jr. But as far as Michael Kopech, um, super elite stuff. Always knew we, he had this in him. Twins Ted replied to my tweet saying, Vinny, it's against the freaking Royals. Royals. Dude, you mean the Royals that have Salvador Perez and Bobby Witt Jr. and you know some other pretty good hitters in their lineup that can, if you make mistakes, they'll make you pay? Like, There's a reason Major League Baseball players are Major League Baseball players. Everybody gets paid to play. Every single player gets paid to play. So you shut down a major league team like that. It really doesn't matter. He did it to the Yankees last year. He did that with or against the Yankees last year, who have Judge and Stanton and LeMayhew and Donaldson and all these guys. Yep. So I don't want to hear it with whatever team it was against. Michael Kopech is an elite talent. Just another player they haven't developed well. Absolutely. Eight innings, man. One hit ball. No walks, 10 strikeouts. I mean, I was there in person that day, Van. I was sitting about five rows behind the dugout, and this guy looked like a different animal. I said it on Twitter. I, I took some videos of that one of his strikeouts. Just this guy, Vin, I, he looks like he caught lightning in a bottle. He looked like he just knew every single thing he was going to do. Yeah. And it went where he wanted to. His command was there. He was fired up. The crowd was fired up. Was it a sellout crowd on a Friday night? No. But I tell you what, the crowd that was there was into it. Um, I am spoiled now forever to sit anywhere else at a baseball game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He looked super focused was yes, my it. biggest yes. takeaway. He was so focused. Like, he wanted to show everyone that he's an elite player. And, you know, he, we can't consider him an elite player yet, but we know he was an elite prospect and he has elite arm talent. Go out there and keep doing that, Michael. We know you can. You can make you can make $300 million if you consistently put up starts like that. Like you A know, whip of 0.13. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Um, I think he has a stuff, but he hasn't been an ace. We'll see if he's able to figure that out. Um, but he's, you know, what PZ says in the chat and what we talked about every now and then with, with or without development, the talent will take over. Andrew Vaughn and Robert can run into one and it'll go f- a thousand miles. Uh, Kopech can have a game where he's laser focused and have 10 strikeouts over eight innings with no earned runs on one hit, no walks. Like those things will happen. Hopefully, they're able to develop it into happening just a tad bit more frequently going forward. No doubt, brother. <laughs> I think we're all happy to see success from Michael Kopech because um, I was at his first start. And I was just talking to my wife about this the other day, and you you said you were there too, Vin, right? It's Michael. It was Game of Thrones night. Yep, yep. His MLB and, debut. And man, it feels like it was yesterday. And then I told her, I'm like, man, he he pitched good, but then they took him out. And it was a rain delay or whatever. And then, like, three weeks later, he, like, got Torres Joler and got Tommy John. Yeah. I rem- Alex Debrinket threw out the first pitch. Oh, my God. You're right. I, I, I remember that much, too, from the Hawks. Now he's on the Ottawa Senators. Um, but, yeah, Michael Kopech. That was a playoff game. 
the 62 and 100 White Sox had one playoff game in their regular season, and it was Michael Kopech's de- debut because people were into the rebuild. And that's why Jerry Reinsdorf is such a freaking idiot and Rick Hahn is so dumb because you saw the support that the rebuild got. Whenever they called Yoan Mankata's MLB debut, we bought tickets and went that day. Um, Eloy Jimenez's MLB debut, we bought tickets and we went that day. I, I went to Ceases. I went to Ceases too against Detroit. Oh, Left. really? Nice. Yeah, by myself. I said, I'm going to see Dylan Cease's MLB debut. I support the rebuild. I gave it all. Couldn't see Robert's debut. It was during the COVID year when all of our cardboard cutouts saw it. But I was all in on the rebuild. Every game where they called someone up had the atmosphere of a playoff game. And the White Sox saw what this franchise, the revenue it can bring in if they're good. And they foobarred it by not taking it to the next level. And they should be ashamed of themselves. You were at the Cease game against Detroit? Yeah. I was there by myself watching that shit because I had to be there for Cease's debut. It was a midday game. Yeah, it was a midday game. It was hot out. Um, he pitched okay. It wasn't as yeah. amazing. It was mm-hmm. like five innings, I think, right? Yep, exactly what you would expect from a debut. You know, <laughs> a debut, a kid who is part of a huge trade and there's expectation. And, you know, not only was he traded, he was traded from the Cubs to the White Sox. I'm sure that added a little bit of something. Eloy's already up and has, you know, he's on pace for a 30 home run season as a rookie. He did end up hitting 31. So, like, you know, I it was so fun. That was I loved coming up with the prospects. And now that we're stuck in like this middle, they're not good or bad. Like, like bad, bad. They're bad, but they're not bad, bad. Like, you know, at least, at least the A's are going to become fun to watch over the next couple of years. They're going to start stockpiling prospects. Yeah, Billy the Bean, Vegas A's. Yeah, Billy Bean is going to do what Billy Bean does. We've all seen Moneyball, and it'll be fun to watch. But for the White Sox, it's like, you know, the farm system stinks. The team stinks. Outside of Luis Robert, Eloy when he's healthy, and a couple pitchers, and and Jake Berger, you know, the thing stinks. So. <laughs> speaking of stinky let's talk about the schedule the rest of the week it's not that stinky but it's stinky enough in this week's white Sox weekly yeah it's not all fully out from all of our opponents especially detroit this weekend but we've got two more against the guardians of course we lost today three to zero bullpen put up a Really good performance, and the offense just crapped the bed. But tomorrow, Vin, our buddy Dylan Cease going against Logan Allen in Cleveland. It is a, another weird start time. It's a 5-10 start central time. Good matchup. Surprisingly low ERA for Logan Allen. He's got a lower ERA than Dylan Cease. He's got a 3.04 ERA, but he's only 1-1. One the end of the series on Wednesday, the aforementioned Michael Kopech going off of his dominant performance against the Royals, following it up against with a day game on Wednesday against the Guardians. Excuse me. Yeah, I couldn't shake that yawn. Uh, Michael Kopech going up against Cal Quantrill. Uh, both similar ERAs, um, but Michael Kopech is a strikeout pitcher. Cal Quantrill really isn't as much. He's just hit about half as many strikeouts. 29 to Kopech's 51. And then we get three more, Vin. We're going to Detroit to take on the Detroit Tigers. And the rotation, the matchups are not officially out. 
So we don't exactly know what's going to happen with the rotation, especially with Clevenger's situation. Maybe get some more call-ups. You might get some shuffling. More to come. But uh, we we have to sweep the Tigers as far as I'm concerned, Vin. Um, they're not a good baseball team. They are pretty much the same record as us for the most. Well, they haven't played as many games as us, which is strange. Wait, they have. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. They played a couple less. I was looking earlier. Yeah, yeah. So the, they're 20 and 24, and we're 19 and 30. So that's strange to even think about. But they're, they're not a good baseball team. The Sox should pounce on them. And I'm trying to decide if I want to sign up for Bally's uh, sports in the area to stream. Why did my, my computer just got really blurry all of a sudden? Let's fix that. Um, but Bally's is the streaming service because blackouts, the, the Tigers are blacked out for me, Vin, so I'm trying to decide what I want to do. Yeah, that's really annoying. The The Tigers the Tigers are blacked out, and can't you – yeah, no, that's tough. That sucks. It's like when the Devils play the Hawks, I have to watch it on NBC Sports Chicago, um, which means I almost always have to be near a cable box when I'm when they play each other in Newark. And then when they're at Chicago, I normally just go to the game. But, um, you know, that sucks. I hate blackouts. Every commissioner that allows blackouts is so dumb. The MLS thrives without having blackouts. Um, yeah, it's a tough week because I think Detroit is similar to the White Sox where, like, they're not brutal. They're not terrible. Like, they're bad, but they're not like the A's or the – Royals, I, I don't think. Um, they were in second place in the division for a spell, if they're not yeah. still. Um, but that's not saying much. The Central sucks. But, you know, it'll be Giolito and uh, Lynn in some order to start um, that series against Detroit. Uh, one thing I didn't mention in Pedro's pen that I meant to was they extended Kopech an extra day. They gave him an extra day's rest. And then he came out and had that eighth inning extravaganza. And that's true. You know, I wonder if something like that will carry over or if, you know, it'll prove to be a detriment to not do it again. We'll see. I hope he start. I want to see him start against Cleveland. I want to see what he can do on the five days. Um, Because that's what a starting pitcher should be able to do. But, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's a tough matchup. The guardians at home aren't easy. Uh, I know they took two out of three of them last week. Well, if you take one out of three from them this week, that means you went 500 between both places. Um, I would sign up for that, but I would love to see them win the next two. Like, just, yeah. there's no reason they can't. You got Cease and Kopech who are, you know, two guys you should trust in this situation. And the first time around when they played the guardians, um, Jose Ramirez wasn't there. Uh, was it bereavement? Mm. I think it might have been bereavement so. that he was missing. So, you know, we see him make an impact. He had a huge series against the New York Mets, even though they were swept. Um, so we'll see what happens. But it is a tough week. Hopefully we come in the next show with similar vibes that we came into this one. I'm all in for that, man. I, I, I'd love to have another, you know, Good vibe show instead of, you know, half of the show talking about Zelda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always want to talk about Zelda, even if the White Sox were in first place by 10 games. But I actually got out of the tutorial spot, so I'm very impressed with myself. Hell yeah, it's hard. I'm still kind of working on it a little bit. I don't play it as much as I want to right now, but 
when I leave for Wisconsin and I sit in the hot tub every night, I'm going to be chipping away at it. So, um, that's obviously good. Um, I do think, yeah, you got to start stacking series as PZ points out. Mm-hmm. If that, that's the key to getting back in it, you can't worry about win streaks. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to win 10 in a row. I'd sign up for it right now. I, I would pay $20 for them to win 10 in a row, but you know, you, then you lose one though, and then you went lose four in a row following that. Sometimes coming down from a big win streak like that is hard. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but it'd be nice to get two series wins here. I'm a line, man. Let's let's do it. We can still do it, and let's uh, try to get get our Nostradamus on in this week's pick to click. So I'll make it boring, Vin. I won last week with Jake Berger. I know he's not as good on the road, but I'm going to keep the iron hot. I'm going to ride with Jake Berger for another week. I thought about switching things up, but I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to follow my gut. So I'm, I'm going to ride Jake Berger into the sunset for hopefully another victory. Um, I As we were sitting here, I text our buddy Zim to see if he had a pick for the week. And he did. Zim is going to go with Joe Kelly for his pick to click. I like it. All right. He's been dominating. Yeah, he's been great. Um, You took Berger. So I'm going to try and not that I think Zim has a 0% chance to win. I do think he has a chance to win. Joe Kelly's been outstanding, and that's a really good pick. But, you know, let's see if we could get a battle of bats. I'm going to take Luis Robert and go head to head with you on that. The two Ooh. best hitters on the White Sox could be a nice little, uh, nice little offensive battle. And then if Zim takes us both down with some outstanding pitching from Joe Kelly, that would actually be hilarious. Yeah, if Joe Kelly has another lights out week, then, uh, then I mean, he just gets it done. Speaking yeah. of Joe Kelly, I don't know if you saw this, Finn. He has a book out. He does. Yeah, I sent it to I sent it to our our South Burb Sitman chat, but Joe Kelly has a new book out. The book itself is called A Damn Near Perfect Game, which is ironic because the game I was at when I found out about the book was Michael Kopech's Damn Near Perfect Game. Uh, You can get it on Amazon or anywhere you get books. Uh, This is the description on Amazon. Baseball's most outspoken fireballer brings the high heat calling out the hacks, cheats, and ridiculous rules that have tarnished the game of baseball and pitches a plus A-plus stuff on how to make baseball pure fun and damn near perfect uh i need to read this book i would also very much like to read it i missed that in the chat today obviously a crazy day but i will go back i think it was a couple days ago i will i will go back and i want to get this book that sounds outstanding so you know i like joe kelly's personality um obviously i talk about my love for you know the other teams i watch besides the white Sox um often you know and the boston red sox are one of them well i enjoyed joe kelly when he was there i enjoyed him just as much when he was on the dodgers and i'm not a dodgers guy by any means but you know when you win a world series as a reliever with two different teams as a prominent reliever in two different teams um i think that speaks volumes to your importance you know a guy like a guy like alex cora and a guy like um dave roberts who were both on the 2004 championship Red Sox team. Um, Those two guys believe that 
Joe Kelly, you know, was a huge piece to their World Series winning bullpen. That's how you know a guy's awesome. So hopefully that uh, that sticks. And yes, PZ, I, I'm I'm old enough to I when when Amazon started, I used to buy books. Uh, I tell the story all the time, but it's back when the prequel movies came out for Star Wars. Vinny will get a kick out of this. Uh, they released like the novelizations like they do for everything, Vin. <clears throat> and for uh, Phantom Menace novelization, they had like a million different covers with like the different character faces, you know? <clears throat> so Amazon, you know how they have that one click buy option? <clears throat> well, anyway, I was a little kid. I couldn't tell you how old I was at the time. But I went on Amazon and I one click bought like six copies of the Phantom Menace with Darth Maul's face on it. <laughs> um, and I got all I got in trouble, and luckily my mom canceled before they shipped. But uh, that's what makes me think about Amazon as a bookseller. Don't ask me why. Did she at least cancel like five instead of all six? Like, did you get at least one? I'm sure I did. I wish I would have kept it. I I don't think I have it anymore. That's funny. It's a good story. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you thought so. Um, and then, real quick, I just uploaded the image of Joe Kelly's book for everyone to take a look. So, of course, you had to have that face on the cover. So, the pouty face. I love it. He's doing it at Correa. I'm almost positive. <clears throat> oh, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Truly awesome. Well, Benny, you, you, you wrote a great article about the aforementioned Mike Clevenger. And uh, let's dive a little deeper in this week's Guaranteed Take. Well, Vinny, why don't you take it away with Mike Clevenger? Yeah, I wrote an article. Um, people got mad at me. You know, start shitting on Southside Showdown, which I put a lot of hard work and effort into Southside Showdown and making yes, sure do. that that site always has updated information and, you know, opinion. There's a lot of opinion, and people don't always agree with opinion. Well, I'm of the opinion that if the White Sox continue to lose and Mike Clevenger continues to play well, they should trade him and try and get, you know, something. Get any warm body that they can try and develop for Mike Clevenger from a contender. If the Atlanta Braves want and add a pitcher, if the you know New York Yankees want and add a pitcher, you know a number four or a number five for their rotation for the postseason run, I don't see any issue with that. And you know, people they don't read the article; they they take it as I'm saying Clevenger has been horrible. I do think Clevenger is going to regress, but I think you could trade him before that happens. And you know, even if he doesn't regress, then you really could trade him before that happens. And so, you know, I talked about it. I, I meant it. I mean it. I think that's a serious thing. Um, there are people, you know, dying on the I'm going to defend Mike Clevenger Hill, you know, is weird to me. People who are like oddly obsessed with Mike Clevenger is just, you know, truly odd. But, um, you know, it is what it is. People get mad. It also did numbers. So thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, who's really laughing in the end? Uh, me. But. That's right. You know, Clevenger, he's been a a weird a weird era of White Sox baseball surrounded by the Mike Clevenger story. I can't argue with that, Vin. <clears throat> you know, if, if if the Sox can trade him when his value's up, I mean <clears throat> it certainly could be a lot lower than it is right now. I'm 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 with you. And Mike Clevenger, I think we all know he's not the long term answer on the South Side. He's here to fill a warm body i i hate saying it that way but he really is 
somehow um, the the magical Apple device that you talked to, the, the name of the woman just popped up on my screen for some reason because something I said must have sounded like her name. But you can spell it out, S-I-R-I. But anyway, getting back into Joe Kelly, not the other name. Sorry, I'm twitching. <laughs> Clevenger. I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Clevenger. Joe Kelly we're keeping, <laughs> especially yeah. the way he's pitching right now. But Mike Clevenger, I could do without him. I, I don't care. I mean, he's fine. He's indifferent. I'm indifferent to him. His story at the end of the day, I, I don't even care anymore. It's just about his performance strictly. Get what you can while you can. Vinny, I agree with you. Yeah, he's probably a shit bag off the ice, which kind of rubs me the wrong way. Him and yeah, Trevor I get, Bauer. I get those vibes too. Well, Trevor Bauer's getting destroyed in the other league too. Yeah, right now. he got sent down to their version of AAA. So, you know, when you suck in that league, like, what do you think is going to happen to him in this league? You know, I got many, I didn't get in many arguments. I don't reply to anyone, but they, they came at me for not wanting Trevor Bauer on the White Sox. And like, he would have been so awful on the White Sox. He'd probably be DFA'd by now. And he'd be running his mouth, talking trash about the organization. Um, you know, if that were to happen, it's just a disaster avoided. Um, but. I don't know. I just I would trade Clevenger if there's any value whatsoever. If anybody's willing to give you an asset, you know, if it's their number nine prospect or something, take it. Because um, another oh, yeah. team's number nine prospect might be the White Sox number five prospect without how their farm system is right now. Um, like, imagine if someone gave you their version of Lenin Sosa for Clevenger. I would take that and take that chance. Because Clevenger was signed to replace Cueto on what was supposed to be a contending team. They're not a contending team. He's pitched mm-hmm. okay. And you never know. So, you know, that was just my take on it. People get irrationally mad. But I honestly find joy in it. That's right. And I don't think you said anything wrong. And I agree. Um, for those of you with us in the chat, curious your thoughts on trading Clevenger if you got him. Yeah, I keep you on the last two weeks and I just it's contagious. I can't I can't shake it. So it's a tired time. (laughs) It's a tired time. Well the White Sox game was boring today, but I didn't watch it. So um I got the recap and I checked out the stats before the show started. Those early starts are weird, Vin. Um yeah, no doubt. Cleveland's always the last ones to adjust to the summer schedule where they start playing at seven local time instead of six local time. So six local time there is, um, you know, it's uh, five here. Yeah. So a game starting at five is odd. I'm on Eastern time zone, but I forget Cleveland is also on Eastern time zone. So Yeah, this uh, American League Central. It's is it the only no? How many teams are in the East and the NL Central? Is so it just the, so you got Pirates? the Tigers and the Guardians? Oh, the NL Central. Um, I think just the Pirates. Oh, no, right? I believe the Cincinnati Reds are. You're right. You're right. You're right. The Cincinnati Reds. Forgot about them for sure. So two out of five in both in the Eastern time zone. So that's kind of weird. But do you know? Fun fact, and then we could finally, you know, call it or you know move on to our next portion. If you divided the MLB in half by Eastern Conference and Western Conference, like the NHL and NBA, instead of doing AL and NL, the Cubs and the White Sox would still be on opposite sides. No kidding. They split the league in half. 
the White Sox would be in the Eastern Conference and the uh, Cubs would be in the Western Conference. Wow. I think I always thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. That's wild. I, I can't believe that. But it's true. Yep. We had some interesting baseball conversation tonight, Vin. It's always fun talking ball with you. But uh, how have you read any more of Heir to the Empire? I'm getting getting along a little bit, a little slower than I should be. It's coming with me to Wisconsin, so there you you know, go. still early in the book. But I'm very much interested in um, what's his name, um, Thrawn. Yeah, this is the Thrawn trilogy, obviously. And you know, heir to the Empire is off to a good start. Though I, I'm not up to the heroes yet. I'm through the opening of the the bad guys. So next, throughout the rest of this week, I'll hopefully come into the heroes and learn a little bit about what's going on with them at this stage in the game. Well, did you did you hear the leak about Dave Filoni's movie that's coming out? Yes, yes, very cool. Everybody's gonna need to check this stuff out. Like, yeah, apparently it's called Heir to the Empire. Obviously, it will inspire draw inspiration from it because it can't yeah. be given the story. It's got some players that aren't in it anymore, but if they keep the meat and bones of the story, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then have you gotten any farther in Zelda? Yes, I'm still working through some of the like early stages of the game, but I have advanced a little bit. I'm working on another shrine. I'm actually right now, my switch is um, right over there. And it's standing in front of my next shrine that I have to complete. Link is standing right in front of his next shrine. So um, that'll be coming along for the ride as well. So um, there's there only go. the Florida Panthers just took a 3 nothing series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. I was headed wow. on during this show. Um, and then the Western Conference Finals is a 2 nothing series lead for Vegas. Um, if those series, when those series end, we'll have the Stanley Cup Final. And then it'll just be baseball. And, you know, I love baseball. It's my, you know, it's right there with hockey for my number one and football. But, you know, until training camp starts for football, I'll be a one sport athlete until, um, you know, those other sports start up again. I'm going to have to be plenty of reading and plenty of video gaming when there's not baseball to be watched or covered. So I'm excited for that little bit of break. I go hard from September to June and I give it my all this job. I put everything I have into it. But over the summer... I'm going to be putting my all into it while the White Sox are playing and from the morning till 5 p.m. <laughs> then I'm going to, you know, take care of some of the entertainment stuff at night for a couple months. Dude, I love it, man. It's weird. Like, I haven't had a chance to play, like, a ton, but, like, uh-huh. I've played enough to the point that, like, I can't stop about, like, can't, I can't stop thinking about building random little machines and how I can solve things and like I went down to the depths for one thing, and I, you know, I'm I'm sure you got to that part where you kind of got to go underground and snoop around. Maybe not. I might have not. I'm not very far at all. Joey Parisi would know what you're talking about, though. That dude. That I'm not dude. very far at all either. I'm I'm just kind of like stuck at the point where I just keep going to shrines, but I'm trying to do something else, and I see a shrine in the distance. I'm like, oh crap, I got to go do that. You yeah, hundred percent. You mark it. No, I, I don't even mark it. I just see it in the distance, and I'm like, you. Yeah. I'm coming for you. 100%. I was cooking up some uh, some some peppers so I can go yes, in the cold. In the cold. 
but I that's not the shrine I need to do first. I needed to go find the other one first. So now I'm about to do that one, and then I'm going to go back to the cold. I have a plate of peppers that I can eat that will make me be able to sustain cold weather for 12 minutes, I think it is. So that well, You're should... still in the tutorial, aren't you? Yeah, no, I'm still early, yeah. You don't have the paraglider or anything. No, I have no, I have the, the one that you could build and then morph stuff together. I'm about to get another ability with this shrine. I told you I've, I've, I've played more than I should – I'm not far enough along from where I should be based on the amount of that time I me. played because it's so hard. But that I think once yeah. you play more, you start to move along quicker because you have mm -hmm. your abilities. You understand it a little bit better. So I'm excited to keep rolling, though. It's hard as hell. Once you get it's, back. It's so yeah, hard. Once you get back. <laughs> once you get back and then you kind of get into the main part of the world and uh, it feels feels better. Um, I was 100%. with you. I struggled. Cause I had to do the coal one last and I messed up because then it's like really hard to get back all the way to the other side. Then you got to build the boat again and you'll get there, but my God, but it's, it's addicting. hundred percent. And music gets stuck in my head. Yeah. I almost, I tried to make the noise from when you find something new. <laughs> How about that? TikTok I sent you from, uh, absolute comedy it was taco was bell it? yeah oh right? no that, that that one too that one was great but i'll talk about the hockey one. Oh yeah the jets the winnipeg jets yeah. so funny i don't so even know how they did that it looked like it was real it in did the look like it was real that's when you're a multi-million dollar nhl team that has an outstanding graphics team <laughs> yeah that's really outstanding stuff but Gotta love that man, but I don't know. I can't. I can't stop thinking about Zelda. I and I'm not even a huge Zelda fan, but I am now. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. I can't wait to play. Are you getting to enjoy yourself a little bit when you go up to Wisconsin? Are you having like, yeah. some chill oh, yeah. time? Hundred percent. When do you leave? Tomorrow. Oh, nice. And how long are you up there? Through Sunday morning. Oh, that a boy. Yeah. So, I will be playing enjoying um reading i can't wait dude man i'm jealous yeah you know, it's gonna be fun and now you said taco bell and i just want taco bell i always want taco bell cheesy gordita crunch and a baja blast every minute of every day i want it i don't think there's a better item on the menu than a cheesy gordita crunch if um honest. if the volcano menu returns over the summer like it's supposed to i would say that no, no, no. What you do, Vin, is if the volcano menu comes back, you get a cheesy gordita crunch, but you put volcano sauce on it. That's what I like to hear, Joe Mandel. It speaks to my soul in ways you don't understand. That's right. <laughs> Comedy. And this is a guy, I, I have Taco Bell maybe twice a year, but like I think about it way more than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't have it as much as I used to either, but I always want to be having it. But it is almost that time of year, Vinny, where Baja Blast is available in the store. Yep, in the cans. Yep. And is bottles, right? Both. Yeah. I'm just, I wish it was a year round thing, but then again, that would lose Taco Bell's luster. Yep. Absolutely. Love me some Baja. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I don't know if there's a better note to, to wrap the show on than talking about Baja Blast and Taco Bell. I mean, I think we've achieved the pinnacle of podcasting right now. So 
I think we're elite, personally. Yeah, I'm gonna celebrate and get a cheesy gordita, cheesy gordita crunch. <laughs> oh my god, don't threaten me with a good time. No, I can't. I would. Yep. Because everyone's everyone's probably getting close to sleeping, but that's all right, nonetheless. But Vinny, let's hop into shout outs before we go, and uh, I'll let you lead things off, my friend. Hundred percent. My girlfriend Katie, my number one favorite person in the world, um, helps me through everything. Helps give me everything I need. Supports me through everything. Believes in me. Trusts me. Um, I love you very much. You're my shout out this week. Just you and only you. Are you staring in her eyes as you say that? No, she's not in the room. <laughs> Oh. I know sometimes she's behind the camera. Oh, like, oh yeah. There have been times where I'm like, my shout out is you. <laughs> you know she's gonna come bursting through the door now because she's it's watching locked. the other room. I make it's sure locked? that thing is oh, I make sure that when I'm doing shows, locked. <laughs> I know, Katie. You check check to make sure he's not lying. I think it's open. That'd be funny. I, I don't it might be. I which I don't care. I would love for her to come on the show. I know uh, the From the 108 guys, they have like one episode a year where all their wives come on and just shit talk the three of them. I would love to do that. I would love to have an episode where like Catherine and Katie and Brittany come on the show and just tell everyone everything they hate about Vinny, Joe, and Zim. That would just be A plus TV. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke. My wife and I, we wouldn't rag on each other at all. We would just tell funny stories about each other. <laughs> <laughs> that that's perfectly fair. <laughs> and then I'm not gonna. I gotta put Foster's comment because it's fantastic. Tacos are a no lose proposition. I was laying here listening for 50 minutes, too lazy to make comments until I had to pee. <laughs> Foster, that's the greatest comment I've seen in a long time. So thank you for that. Foster is an S tier barfly. I can't he wait is. till the next meetup where the hosts and the barflies get together. I'm buying Foster make that a one. drink. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. I didn't know Foster was at the last one until I was leaving. I'm pretty he sure. He was? Yeah. He was at the one at the game thing in Rosemont. So. I also know I also notified Foster this week that he got hacked on Twitter and he thanked me in a post to Greg Gabriel and I was like, "All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> I got you, buddy." That's funny. Happy to see got, Aldo back with Greg Gabriel today, too. Happy for it to oh, see Aldo back on not, a program. That's what we yeah, like to that's, see. That's our collective shout-out for the show is to, is to Aldo Gandia, you know, recovering from a, a mini stroke, and, and we wish him the best in his recovery and everything. Um, sounds like he's feeling better enough to, to hop on the show. I didn't even know that. That's great. So got to love Aldo. We love you, buddy. Absolutely. Yes, I do know Foster has his own show. I want to come on. I'm trying to make, there was a date he gave me and I've been seeing if I could, because then I think he did got hacked. Uh, Oh, the 25th, which is let me see. 25th is Thursday. I might be able to make that work. I'll be in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, how are you doing bar down from there? Oh, I have uh, I'm bringing my equipment. It's coming with me. We'll figure, doing it. Out. we'll figure it out. We'll figure out. Cross yeah, down. I did. Yeah, for sure. And I did like, uh, I probably did like 10, eight, nine or 10 devils pregame shows from Wisconsin from the regular season to playoffs. So we will see. That's oh my God. 
I don't even know what that is. Cumberland Chapels is a wake and mortician home. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. The show's officially gone off the rails. It's all right. It's the end, so we can do that. But We're putting the White Sox at Cumberland Chapels pretty soon, I bet. So <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. But no, my shout-outs are the same as usual. Shout-out my beautiful wife, Catherine. I love you very much. My beautiful daughter, Audrey, running all over the place now, Finn. We got her this water table in the backyard and a slide and a swing. And she just takes off and she's the only kid that kids love water tables. You know, it's, you pour this water in the top and it comes out. It's like, it's raining, but the most kids, they take the scoop and they, you know, splash it in there. They splash it on the top like eight out of 10 times. She'll take the big bucket of water and she'll just, <laughs> just splash it on herself because she likes to, you know, to, to get splashed. So I, I love it. I uh, love Audrey and Catherine very much. My great Dane Maverick, per usual. Love him very much. He's a nuthead, but I love him. And uh, shout out to my whole family. You know, shout out to my mom. Love you. Um, shout out to you, Vin. Always love you, buddy. Appreciate you doing the show with me every week. Right back same at thing. you. Thank you, buddy. And sh- same thing, shout out to our buddy, Steven Zim- Zimmerman, who couldn't be on tonight. Plenty of stuff going on, but we love him too. Absolutely. And I'll be one in the chat. Foster, PZ, uh, Travis was in the chat. Who else we got? Uh, Vinny's uh, mom. Good old Lise. Donnie Brasco. Hey. So shout out everyone for hanging out tonight. We appreciate you hanging out with us. It's been fun talking ball and a little bit of everything per usual. Uh, let's win two more series, Vin. I think that's a good way to end the show. What do you say? Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Always tuning in. We will see you on Bar Down Talking Hockey Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time. Sounds like a plan. And as always, let's go White Sox.